This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome to The Gospel for Life. Once again, it's just good to start the day with you. For those that have been listening, you know that we have been working through Ken Sandy's book, The Peacemaker. Uh, This is a book that came out literally decades ago. It's in its third edition now, but it has been so helpful for the church, for people within the church in resolving conflict. The general structure of the book is that it's under this framework of four G's of peacemaking. The first is glorify God. The second, get the log out of your eye. Third, gently restore and then fourth, go and be reconciled. And so we're going to work our way through these four G's of peacemaking. But maybe the the question on many of your minds is, why is this important? Why bother with this topic? Why spend as much time on it that we have? And so I'm feeling lazy this morning. So I'm just going to have these other guys answer those questions. Why are we spending all of this time on this this topic of peacemaking? Job was told by one of his three comforters uh, something that was quite true. Uh, He says, we are born to conflict as sparks fly upward. And just a reminder that this is um, part of the lot of life that, you know, there is, you know, because everyone is born in sin, we do have conflict because you put two centers together, there's a self-interest involved. Self-interest, you know, when you're thinking about me rather than glorifying God, there's going to be there's going to be a tension that's created. Everybody that you know gets married, you know, to somebody doesn't think that they're ever going to have any problems. You know, they just love each other so much, but they don't imagine that conflict can come in. But we're at because our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. There is a there is a a conflict that comes out. And um, we all experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not only is it conflict commonplace, so it's important to have a strategy for how to get to, get through it and, and find peace. But I think also there's there's the the, the blessing that comes with working for peace. Uh, Jesus gives us this in the Beatitudes, Matthew five nine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. This is yeah. then kind of the natural work of the Christian life is to be seeking peace. That, that's right. You know, if you're not only are you born sinful, but you're also sons. There's a sonship issue that comes in that uh, makes it important for us as Christians not to just flick the bottom of our chin and say, right. forget about it. <laughs> and it's important in that to light uh, for the church especially because Jesus said when you know, one of his commands is you to love one another. Mm-hmm. And by this, the world will know that you are my disciples. You know, if we're mired in conflict and as paul says devouring one another it's uh that's not a good witness to the world and we need to be at the business of making peace and resolving conflict especially among brothers and sisters in christ 
there's also this matter of we just we're not just majoring on externals. We're just it's not just an external righteousness where we just go we where we do certain things. And this was the problem with the Pharisees, and it comes out in that Sermon on the Mount. You know, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, you know, had reduced even like the sixth commandment, "Thou shalt not kill." Well, just to kind of a you know, as long as we are taking care of things in a civil way, as long as we are, you know, punishing the disobedient and that. But they know. But Jesus goes on to say, "No, it's if you are angry with your brother, you know, he brings it. He brings it to an internal issue, not just an external issue." And so, mm-hmm. peacemaking has to take place because that's going to that has to be resolved within. Yeah, and then ultimately, peacemaking is. The ministry of the gospel. We, mm-hmm. we believe that an offended God, by His own goodness and mercy, has sent Christ, and through the crucifixion, we now have peace with God. He's, he's a reconciling God. The message we preach mm-hmm. is peace to sinners with God, declaring through Jesus Christ. Vinny's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. saying that Vinny and Jonathan. Jonathan mentioned earlier that conflict is just part of life, and conflict is part of life because we are born in conflict with God. Um, we're born as those that are alienated from him, at odds with him, at enmity with him. And so there are these different – and this whole category of the first G of peacemaking that we need to glorify God, we are told in First Corinthians 10 that we, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And conflict falls under that. But the problem is that you cannot – do conflict to the glory of God until you first are right with God. So several of us in the room subscribe to the Heidelberg Catechism, and one of the question and answers in that catechism, catechism just means a, a document that's a, a bunch of question and answers for, as a teaching tool, a teaching mechanism, and one of the questions asks, what are good works? And there are three criteria given for those good works, that they have to be done by true faith to the glory of God and in conformity to God's law. So if we teach these peacemaking techniques, and you can use them as a non-believer and find benefit from them, mm-hmm. but ultimately it won't glorify God because not, it's not done in true faith. And so the the bottom line is that our ground level hope and prayer is that first and foremost that you would be at peace with God. That this is what Vinny was talking about. That this, this is a gospel issue. That you would understand the the truth of of the gospel. That you were an enemy of God, and God took the initiative to make peace. Mm-hmm. Um, that by the sending of his son and the work of his son that you can be right with God. And once you're right with God, then you can truly be right with others and be at peace within. And you'll never be at peace within if you're not at peace horizontally, I'm sorry, vertically with Mm -hmm. God. So that's under this glorified God. Last week, the last five or or four shows, we have been talking about how conflicts – provide an opportunity to glorify God. And if you miss that, you can go back and listen. But basically, there is a peacemaking response to conflict, both personal and assisted. 
we went through these different categories and then you can kind of slide off the road into the ditches of error about how you pursue conflict either escaping it or attacking and so if you missed any of that we are not going to go over that again <laughs> um, but you can go back and listen to those those podcasts but the last area that we do want to talk about today under this umbrella of glorifying God is this idea in trusting God. How does trust play into peacemaking and glorifying God? Well, I think one way is if you've worked on your side of the conflict to pursue reconciliation, so we use a phrase kind of, if you've kept your side of the street clean in the midst of the conflict, you've you've repented, you've examined yourself, you, you've walked through your steps, and the other party just will not pursue reconciliation with you, at, at some point you can trust that God will finalize the outcome before the end of history, that God as a just judge will set all things that have been wrong right. And so you don't have to live with this constant open wound. You can step back and say, God, I've done everything I can to work for peace on my side, but this individual won't. And so I'm going to just trust the outcome of this conflict to, to you. In, in uh, following up on what Vinny said, uh, Psalm 37 says, don't fret yourself because of evildoers. Don't be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. You know, they, you know, if you can't have peace with them, don't, don't fret. But then it, the next few verses, trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. And then it'll go right back to the conflict. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. So uh, trusting in God is is sandwiched between all the difficulties that you're facing. That's the that's the meat of the sandwich here, to to trust in him and, and, and delight in him and commit your way to him and wait for him. And in trusting God, there's an acknowledgement in his sovereignty and control over all things and also his goodness that even in a difficult situation or very difficult conflict, it's key that we trust him throughout that process, that regardless of the outcome, that we understand he is good. I know in a previous episode, we, we talked some about you know, Romans eight twenty eight and following that it you know all, good, all things work out to good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It's that truth, as we mentioned there, is not something you really want to hear in the midst of conflict. But even now, during times of peace, this is where you want to really digest it so that it's there to give you comfort when you are in the midst of those turmoils. Just to, to be clear, so to be sovereign means that you have absolute control within a given region. So when we talk about sovereigns on a earthly level, each sovereign that we're talking about is restricted by, by some sort of territory, by a region. I like to, to think that within my home, my wife and I are sovereign. Thankfully, yeah. my kids don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> so every, every authority has a, a limited jurisdiction. So when we say about God that he is sovereign, what we're actually saying is that he is one that is unrestricted in his area of control. That all, all things, jurisdictions. All, yeah, everything. 
So if we if we truly believe that, if we say we believe that God is sovereign, which I believe you have to do if you faithfully read God's word, then you have to say that conflicts are underneath his control, mm-hmm. that they are not something random, they are not something meaningless, they are not something that just happened, they've happened underneath the guidance and control of an almighty God. And that should help at least with the trust factor of saying, okay, this is really unpleasant. I don't know why I'm having this difficulty with this other person, but I can trust that God has orchestrated it for a good purpose because he's not just sovereign, he's also good. Mm -hmm. And so you just... And quite honestly, those are hard to hold on to during the difficult times of life. I mean, there are moments when you go through a conflict, you're going, there's nothing good about this. Mm -hmm. And I don't see the point, but God has a point. So one of the passages that it addresses that is in uh, Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And this is uh, speaking of Christ that he, the father put all things under his Christ's feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You know, Jesus is reigning. He is sovereign, not over a little part of things, but all things. And that language to the church, it's it's for the church. It's for his body. So he's overseeing his kingdom, and he's overseeing all the kingdoms of the earth, all the various circumstances of life, and the various trials and conflicts that are in that for the good and the betterment of his church. Yeah, let those two things be your anchor point in conflict, that God is sovereign and he is good. You've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we will see you tomorrow.